really what a great moment that we are right now as we approach the great festivity of the death of Jesus. It's very important that we attune with God reaching out to us. We will pray the Holy Spirit to help us to truly position ourselves and maximize the grace of this season. Say grace. Yes. Say grace for this season. That has capacity to impact your life, not just spiritually, but even physically, has ability to change the course of things in our lives. The reason why we celebrate what we celebrate is to provoke the supernatural in such a way that in the height of our communion with the supernatural it will have great impact rich impact on the physical terrain where we exercise our humanistic role day by day And being the, this being the intention of God, we echo our faith on that. And we ask the Lord at this Mass that as we celebrate His love, His benevolence, may it alter the course of the things that are leaving us this realm of life in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The first one communicates something very, very deep. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold. That means open your eyes and see, not just physically but spiritually. Behold, the virgin shall conceive. And there is some, and shall be called a man. Isaiah 7, verse 14. In the Gospel, as we read the Gospel, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He answers, all these took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Which prophet? Which prophet? As I was. So, I was a key. 
what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the baby shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. Now, the meaning of Emmanuel was now interpreted in the gospel. Meaning was God with us. God with us. So, children, you are writing the thing is God with us. Amen. Amen. Lord God, it's very important that we ruminate over this. What does this really mean? What does God with us truly mean to me? What does it mean to you? Was just given for us just to retrain it by word of mouth? Or does it have something? What's the implication of God being with me? What's the implication of God being with you? Because he asked and has to ask him for his sign. And the man said, I can't ask for any sign. Then God said, I will give you a sign. A woman will conceive and bear a son. And his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. It was God Himself who gave this sign. What was in the heart of God when He was giving this sign? Why did you say, Ah, I'll be a sign? The son we multiply into 20. Instead of having one son, we'll have 20. Why did he decide to say, Ah, don't worry, I will create another human being with four heads? Is that not a sign? It's a sign. God can do anything. So, what was in his mind? What was in the heart of God when he said, I will give you a sign, and that sign shall be, I will give you a son. His name shall be called Emmanuel, meaning, God with us. That's why he for the ones who can make it quite heavy. When people dig into it, people stumble into different vistas of God. And this implication for my life and for your life as Christians. Because John articulates it when he began to dive into it. He said, Oh, God so loved the world and he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish. Because as John was digging into this son that is with us, and he began to see the implication that anyone who anchors his life to this one whom God has given shall not perish. Shall not perish. But if you don't have him, you will definitely what perish. Not when after you've died, even from this end, you begin to encounter things that will mess you up big time. Your life is so limited. You live your life to the full capacity to which God has ordained it to be. You will be 
boxed up with all kinds of tribulation, all kinds of things that will mess up your life. You will just be exposed to all forms of wickedness. But John is saying that the implication of God being with us is that you will not perish. Be it in the terrestrial realm or be it after life. Shout a big amen. amen. Say, I refuse to perish. I refuse to perish. But if you are saying that, then it means you have to do the needful. You have to anchor your life in the fullness of Christ. That means you must actually accommodate him to the point where he is actually what? With you. So all the dangers, all the hazards of this life, because you have received him, God, you know, equips you with things that will keep you away from being what? Suffering the elements of perishing. John kept digging deep into that and also found that and it says shall not perish but have eternal life. So another implication of God being with us in his fullness is that you begin to have access to the life of God himself. That is a dream. That is what he was telling us. He said, I will be with you in such a way that you no longer depend on your own life to live your existential life on earth here, but you will now begin to depend on my own life. Just as a baby, newly born, cannot just survive on his or her own, he depends on the life of the mother, and so he sucks life from the mother for him to really exist until he is able to build up himself to now begin to tap energy from other sources. So God is saying that you will have eternal life, not when you die, but while you are still on earth here. What a life! What an opportunity that I will so experience God to the point that His own life will be downloaded into my own vessels. So that my existence on this realm day by day is not being exercised by my own humanistic energy, but the energy of the divinity that has been, that has tabernacled in my humanity. So these are the two things that John was able to dig out from Emmanuel. May we walk in the light of this. May we walk in the light of this knowledge. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because God is with me, I refuse to perish. I refuse to yield to things that will demean my existence. You see, on account of this revelation, you can draw strength and begin to impact your environment. That's the implication. That's the implication of God be with me. How can God be with me? And this see, happen as if God is not with me. It's not possible. Then why is he around? Why is he with me? 
Every child that stays with the mother, no matter the danger around, the child has full confidence that nothing will happen to him or her. Because mommy is around, because daddy is around. Even in the family, if there's danger at night, you can from hoodlums come and start banging on your door. And the, the father of the house is not around, the woman gets confused. But if the man is there, the woman will say, ah, our guy is around. It gets even more exciting if your guy is a military man. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Don't be the one we say. They go bang. They will bang on the door. And the man will call on enter in a room. <laughs> Some of them address these people, I have no time for them. Say God is with me. Not just say it. Now let me be a profession of your faith in your spirit, man. Say, God is with me. God is with That's me. the reason for the celebration. You must the grace is to make this terminate into us to the point that it becomes a living reality in our souls. God is with me. No matter how terrible it might appear, God is with me. As unveiled his heart towards me. He did that out of love, not because I deserve it, but because he loves me. The Bible says, Why were still sinners? Why were still sinning? Why were still sinners? God sent his son and he died for us. He didn't die for you because you repented. Does that open your eyes to see how wide, how the depth, the width, and the height of God's love for you? Say, God loves me. God loves me. Can you say prophetically? Say, God loves me. Personally. Say it again. God loves me. Say it again. God loves me more than you. And it's true. It's true. God loves me more than you. I don't know about you, but I know about myself. And so this is what is you no, know, this is what is glowing in my heart. When I hear Emmanuel, I say God's love has come. Paul captured it in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, when he says that the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, and this love cannot disappoint us. What a statement. That means a lot to me. That love cannot disappoint me. Because God has taken a bold step. A bold step of love. It's called extravagant love. And he said, I'll come and make my home in you. He is your creator. He made the move. He took the step. And he says, I will make my home in you. If you miss this, you have missed everything. If this doesn't make sense to you, then nothing will ever make sense to you again. This is the crux of the matter. This is the condensed treasure of knowledge that God is communicating. The world is in a very terrible state. And because the world is cut off from this love, look at the level of deterioration. Wickedness. Bloodshed, 
violence. Man has become the greatest enemy of man himself. All the war machines that are spending millions and billions of dollars and euros to build is not to kill some strange beings coming from the space. It's to kill fellow human beings. Starving human beings to build machines that will kill them. And we think it's technology. We call it advancement. And we are showcasing the efficiency of those instruments in killing fellow human beings like us. What does not even exist in animal kingdom exists among men. Lion will never kill lion. Leopard will never kill fellow leopard. Hyenas that we know that we eat their prey even while they are alive will not even kill their fellow hyenas. Human beings have decided to kill themselves. That's to tell you the quality of the decadence that hit humanity. May the love of Christ, may manifest in his birth, break the walls of hatred, the walls of wickedness in our land, Amen. and bring the revival of love in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So God is with me. God is with me. Say it again. God is with me. God is with me. God. Yes. Number two. What's the implication of Emmanuel? For God to have taken this step, it crystallizes something very important that there's now divine harmony between heaven and earth. There's a highway that is now connecting heaven and earth. When man saying that highway was broken. Nothing from this side, we go to that side. And nothing from that side, we come to this side. But when God took the bold step to bring his son, no longer that it was restored, but a double highway has been built. Please, it's not a highway of hmm? the one that cannot even give a damn permit of a racer car. Not another highway. Many are not catching the joke at all. This is a different highway. It's called open heaven. It's called open heaven. Humanity can now interact with God and God can freely come to man. When Adam sinned, he was chased out of the garden and the cherub was put on the gate. Not to allow man to enter in again. But the coming of Jesus, the birth of Emmanuel, has restored that gate. The gate is now open. In other words, nothing can stop you now. Unless you choose not to go. If you are determined to go there, it is your home. Shout a big amen. amen. Nothing will stop you. No devil has any legal right to stop you. Unless you make a choice. And say, I don't want to be there. And God will honor your choice. So the brass have been broken. Heaven and earth now has interaction. 
an intimacy between you know heaven and earth has been established. And so Jesus, in reminding Nathaniel, he said, What could you see the Son of Man? Angels ascending and descending. So there's a business, ongoing business of angels, spirit beings interacting with humanity. Even as we're here, they come and be with us in the celebration, they go back. So the highway is busy. Anyone who is telling you that God cannot answer our prayer, that person is simply representing his own father. The devil is always lying that God has abandoned us. Every prayer has an answer in the sight of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so this is the confidence we have that when we pray from this realm, something happens in that realm. That's what Jesus said, Peter, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be considered bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be considered lose in heaven. So we have keys to control the affairs of heaven from earth here. Your way to God has been restored. Amen. I say your way to God has been restored. Amen. That's the implication of Emmanuel. So when you say Emmanuel, these are the things that should be you know, going on in your mind. They should become the mysteries that govern that word, God is with me. And Paul said, if God be with us, who can be against us? So when he was put up that challenge, these are the things that were running in his mind. I refuse to perish. I have eternal life. I have a highway to heaven. I'm on a journey. And nothing will stop me. Shout a big amen. amen. Number three. What's the implication of Emmanuel? Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, verse 21. Father, may they be one. Just as we are one. I in you, you in me, and they in us. Wow. Let me take it again. It's too heavy. Father, may they be one. Who are they? They. Eh? Answer for yourself. Who are us? Okay. Mm -hmm. Father, may they be one. Just as I am in you and you are in me and they in us. Can you see an opening here? Before, Jesus was the Father and the Father was in Jesus, but there's no us in them. But by the virtue of Emmanuel, the Trinity family door has been opened. That humanity can become what? Partakers of the Trinity family. And Jesus was praying a prayer that it's not just that we're invited to come and just watch them and go. He said, Father, may they be one. How? As I am in you and you are in me, may they too be in us and we in them. Wow. This is what is called divine mutual indwelling. This is too high for a simple mind. But this is what makes us heavy in the spirit. That God lives in us and we live in God. There is this oneness that has been established. That eyes cannot see now. You cannot feel it now. 
but it's a living reality that even Satan himself cannot understand. I'm one with the Father. When you say it now, they say I've been brandalous, right? When you say I'm one with the Father. <laughs> but Jesus prayed that prayer. And you are supposed to be the answer to that prayer. And this is possible because of Emmanuel. That's the sign God gave us with regards to salvation of humanity. So we are now in God. He is in us. Just the way the Father is with Jesus. Not that when we come, we will get attached as servants. Not when we come, we will be staying as a second class in the college of the Trinity. No. He said, Father, just as I am in, in you, and you are in me. Wow. No more privacy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. No more divine privacy. That's why on the day Christ died, what happened? They cut from the temple, cut from top to bottom. God opened himself. There was an opening. So anything that stops you from being captured in God is no longer God or God's problem. Even the devil has no right to stop you. That's why you must invest in yourself and take hold of what God has given to you and walk in the light of it. So God has included me in the Trinity family. So when I make a sign of the cross, he's not just invoking God. I'm endorsing where I live. Jesus said, you are in the world. You are not of the world. That has to be very clear in our minds. We easily forget who we are and where we come from. And so we get engrossed with the things of this dimension that begin to mutilate our status and our state in God. I don't care what the world has to offer. I don't care the philosophy that runs this system. I don't care what men hold high. What matters to me is what is in the family. No wonder Paul said, I count all this as rubbish compared to the knowledge I've acquired in Christ. I see the Holy Spirit bringing somebody to this realm of understanding and working with God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. If that person shouts a biggest amen, yeah. I belong to the Trinity family. I know I have an earthly family, but I have a bigger family where I belong. The family that I exist in right now are for eternity. And that family has imposed upon me a culture, a way of life. I listen to the instruction that comes from my heavenly family. You must allow this identity to permeate your mind and deconstruct the lies of this world that have paraded so much that have denied us of divine interaction. Father, May they be one. It's not just that we gather in church. All the churches, the Pentecostals, and Catholics. No, no, no. That is for a shallow mind. It's talking of divine indwelling. The mutuality that happens in marriage is what happens in this realm. And I imagine if this mutuality is like marriage. I want to give you a, a, a glimpse of what this individual Christ asking us to be one with them means. It's like bringing a third person into a marriage. So that they, they see the latest in such a way that it's no longer two, but three. 
That is a breaking news. Shout a big amen. amen. That what God never, you know, planned for us before. But by virtue of Emmanuel, that opportunity has been opened up. God has opened a new visa. Even the devil cannot understand that. He said, this God, what are you doing? You need these people, you are bringing them, not just to be in heaven, when they are up there, they are down here, but they are now part and parcel of your essence. Ah. Oh. May the Holy Spirit open our minds. Amen. These are things that if you are learning to lay your heart, you can't sleep. It captures your soul and begin to tear you, eh? Begin to tear you up. It's intoxicating. It makes your faith come alive. That if God can take this step, then who am I to come myself out? No man can demean me. You can't do anything. These are the things that they sense understood. And they stood their ground in the face of death. Oh, the love of God is immeasurable. It's immeasurable. They opened up the tomb of Saint Benedict a few months ago. She died over one and six, five years ago. And she was buried. So they are now walking towards, you know, they were working on something. So they opened up her tomb. And they discovered that the person who died over 165 years ago, her body was still fresh. She was still even sweating. Can you imagine? In the grave, her nails were still fresh. Her hair was still fresh. Her skin was still sweating. Over 165 years old in the grave. And we think we are talking religious teachers here. And what to turn this mystery to a mere religious activities of entertainment and all kinds of things. No, it's beyond that. Shout a big amen. amen. That's the implication of Emmanuel. May you find your space in the oneness of God. Amen. May you see your own space in the Trinity. Amen. And see the calling of God upon your life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. What number now? Four. Okay, number five. Okay, why not number four right now? Okay. What's the implication of Emmanuel? It brings us into the company of the heavenly beings. The implication of Emmanuel is that now we have access to the entire heavenly beings. We are now positioned to be helped by them. God has placed them to support us and help us in carrying out our earthly mandate in living out the life of holiness and expanding the frontiers of the kingdom of God. So the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, he said, We are surrounded by multitude of witnesses. As we are here, the, the heavenly beings are here. We were sharing yesterday in our advanced Bible class at the beginning session. That one of the ways, one of the things that the Holy Spirit begins to do in your life as you grow spiritually is that as you move from different layers of spiritual structures from one dimension to another dimension, now the third dimension is where it activates your sensitivity to the actions of spirit beings. So you see, as you are seeing one day here right now, okay, you feel the crowd, right? Likewise, too, you begin to have the sensitivity to have access. To the presence of the swim beings. You can feel the presence of angels, the saints. At the point as you grow, 
It can even provoke the visa where they will manifest to you. And they will tell you things. So that in the affairs of life, if you find yourself alone in a situation, you don't feel alone. Because and that vista is open up to you, and you will see those plans who are there. So the things that Stephen enjoyed when they were stoning him. In the eyes of men, he was alone, right? And they were stoning him. But that dimension was so activated that he was no longer caught up in this land. He was caught up in the land, and he saw the more adventures and things and the heavenly beings. He got so excited. Then he was able to peruse into the realms and saw Jesus sitting on the throne. So the stones were like tissue falling on him. That's why he even had the guts to kneel down. You can imagine that stoning somebody and he's having courage to kneel down and was even praying. You are stoning somebody, stones are coming and hitting on the head and breaking the bones. And the guy was still praying, Father, forgive them, for they don't understand what they are doing. For him to do that, he has been catapulted into a new realm where this pain does not make sense again. Shout a big amen. amen. So what Emmanuel communicates to us, or the implication of Emmanuel is that that dimension is made available to us. And that's why we can't honor saints. We can't we celebrate saints because we know they are ever with us. Any can't that has not been able to decode that and make it part of his true life will not go too far. If you can't honor the men and women that God honors, then how do you expect to have honor in your own life? They are called the spirit of just men, made perfect. And we have to have the, we have the faith to engage their spirit in the affairs of life. They have capacity to shift things that tries to obscure us in our journey of life. May you grow in this understanding. May you continue to receive assistance from the heavenly beings in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You're going and coming, they will support you. Amen. Honor them every day. Call upon them every day. Engage their office because God Himself has honored them. These are the men whom God has honored with glory and with power. Then finally, number five. By virtue of Emmanuel, God has opened to us. The mystery of the treasures of divine knowledge. Knowledge wrapped up and hidden for ages. By the of Emmanuel, that treasure has been given to us. So when the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge, it is this treasure of knowledge that we're talking about. Not knowledge of science, not humanistic knowledge. We're talking about revelational knowledge that comes in one's interaction and romance with divinity. God impacts that knowledge to you. It comes intuitively. That is the knowledge that makes the, make, makes the difference. And so God now opens that treasure unto us. As we appreciate the gift of Jesus, we are able to break into different layers of divine knowledge. And this knowledge are treasures of the kingdom of God. Why? Because they are coded mysteries. And these mysteries are being given to us as you grow in God, to be able to deal with the miseries of life. There are obscurities of life that human beings don't know how to handle. But by virtue of this knowledge, you have capacity to be able to have what it takes to deal with the misery of death, the misery of death, the misery of limitations, and all the things that confuse people out there. What a life has to us. Does this make sense to you? If it makes sense, 
then it should shape everything we do. We must not just take Christmas to just mess celebration and material things, but we must work strong in the grace of the season and ruminate on all these points I just shared with you. And as you even ruminate on that and press in deeper and deeper, God will even unveil. There are so many of you who are only making effort to scratch and get into the depths of death. But it will come when you shut down and wait upon the Lord and meditatively in prayer intimacy. Appreciate God for what He has done for you. Don't go on the surface. Fish and men don't catch fish on the surface. They go deep. That's what I never so long. When you throw the, throw the net, the net will go down, 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 down. So when they use a hook, because the hook has a rope, they have to throw it into the water and then they unwind it. It goes deep, deep, deep. Big fish is found down the bed of the ocean. Down on the surface. Don't be a superficial Christian. Don't be a Christian who just, you know, just go to church and God comes back. No. Let your life be wrapped up in this mystery. At this level, and now, nobody should come out and tell you repent. Change your ways. It is this for those who are in the world. At this level, we should be diving into the mysteries of God that makes us become lights in the nations. You become light in your family. You become light in your office. You are able to bring God's presence to your family, into the life of your children. There's too much work to be done in the kingdom of God and the call of God upon our lives. To only reduce it to, mm, I don't commit sin, I commit sin. If your Christian life is within the range of, is this a sin? Is it not sin? You are not suffering. You are still confused. It's like someone who is learning how to drive. And now he sees the driver has a license and he's driving. He'll be asking to this white line here. If I cross it, will I have accident? Amen. You know the two white lines on the highway, right? And the SMN. You'll be asking the passengers. If I cross this line too much, will I have accident? If you're not vehicle, what will you do? Oh, John, wait, 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 I forgot something. <laughs> and the car will come down and say, sorry, you can continue now. Any Christian who is asking question, is this a sin? It's not a sin. It means you are not started. You need to grow. And that's why the reason, the, the season, the grace of the season is to quicken us to grow to these dimensions. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God, for unveiling this truth to us. The truth that saves. The truth that embellishes. The truth that dispels darkness. The truth that brings healing. The truth that washes away the things that attach itself to us. Jesus said, Peter, you've been washed by the words of my mouth. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the mysteries of this knowledge. You have poured that upon us. You have watered us. You've manured us, O Holy Spirit. And so are maximizing the grace of this season. You need to pray in your heart and ask the Lord to fill you with his wisdom. Ask the Lord to fill you with his knowledge that this Christmas that's forthcoming will not just be like others, but will be an opportunity for you to you know, catapult yourself again into the realms of God. If we grow in life and want to make progress physically, of measurements for that. Likewise in the Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Father, thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you for this love that you couldn't keep to yourself again. You need to thank Him. He couldn't keep the love again in heart. His love was so much. The love has to burst out. He couldn't keep it. He couldn't keep it. The love of God has been made manifest. 
That love has reached me. I don't know about you. That love has reached me. I'm a recipient of that love. My life will not remain the same. I will feel my purpose. He saw me in the dungeon of sin. And he picked me up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting the come. And unlock unto us all these that you poured out. Thank you for accomplishing your mission. Thank him, thank him, thank him. If it means anything to you, just thank him. It's a moment of deep sense of appreciation. Thank you, Jesus. It wasn't palatable for you to that boasted. And you were able to fulfill the will of the Father. We thought the Father hates us. We thought he would not forgive us. We thought we don't, we don't mean anything to him. By virtue of you coming into the flesh, you are truly unveiled to us the heart of the beloved Father. And he cherishes us. That truly we belong to his family. That the reason for existence is because of us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you for renewing this grace in our hearts again. Help us to pull down the walls of bias and prejudice and the lies that covers the veil that keeps us from understanding. This year's Christmas shall be unique in itself. This is Christmas. I will not only have access to material things to celebrate, but I have access to fresh grace that will make me a changed person. And I will be truly a manifestation of that love of God, dispensing love wherever I go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. On account of this knowledge, I refuse to walk in hatred. I refuse to live in hurt. I refuse to live in unforgiveness. I refuse to be envious. I refuse to live in anger. I open myself up to the love of God. I will only dispense love. Love in the morning. Love in the afternoon. Love in the night. Love in the evening. At all times, love. The only treasure I carry is the love of the Father. And we dispense love everywhere. And that's why as you are moved on this moment, if you have something to share, with people who don't have reason to be happy, you do that. You share with the poor. You share with those who are suffering. You share with those who are coming, who are coming to support them. It's a great moment to love God. We must extend that love of the Father to our fellow human beings <clears throat> that the devil has battered and shattered. The world filled with wickedness, violence, hatred, destruction, and all forms of evil. And we deplete the energy of evil by the love of God that we hold into our hearts as we reach out, extend the frontiers of the love of God to the hearts of men.